0: The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. In today's episode, I'm gonna go through my New Year's resolutions. And as a reminder, I'll be taking off next week. So, this will be the last episode this year, and then I'll start back fresh on Monday, January 4th. So, uh, my New Year's resolutions. I have a slew of them, starting with exercising regularly, uh Now, I was doing this pre pandemic, and then the gyms were all shut down and basically, my routine got disrupted, and I fell off the wagon uh, and Then, about a month later, I launched this podcast, which took up a lot of my time because you know once you launch a podcast, you're on this perpetual proverbial treadmill that doesn't stop and if you're serious about growing your podcast, one thing you have to be is reliable. So if you're having a bad week or something comes up that you have to deal with, you can't just say, well, I'll skip this week, at least not if you want to build your listenership. And so I invested even more of my personal time to build out the pipeline uh, from ideation to producing episodes and everything in between to make it as easy and efficient as possible for myself. Uh, And as I said last episode, this whole podcast thing was definitely outside my comfort zone. So I had to research things, then research more things on top of those things. And so finally, I feel I'm in a position now where I can put working out back to the top of my list of things to focus on in the next year, Uh, which leads me into another resolution I have, which is to do more interviews than monologues in the next year. I just get the feeling that interviews are more interesting to people because of the interaction and variety. I get it. Listening to me every week can get boring. I still feel that monologues are useful and add value, but I like to really get going more on interviews. And I have a slew of interesting folks I like to interview. And it's fun and very interesting to get different people's perspectives, especially different professionals in the holistic spectrum and how they view health and wellness in their own unique ways, um, and their approaches to healing and helping to better their clients' lives. Just quickly recapping the six interviews I've done this year, uh, starting with Marnie Kahn. That was uh, episode 19. She was my very first interview, so I was a little nervous, um, I have to admit. But Marnie was the perfect person to start with because she doesn't do Much interviews either. So we were both kind of jumping into this very excited and ready to step outside our comfort zone. Uh, But she's a friend and if you're going to step outside your comfort zone, who better to do that with than a friend, right? And so I felt very comfortable interviewing her and she really knows her stuff. So I was confident uh, that the interview would turn out well and it did as far as I'm concerned. Now a few weeks later, I interviewed another friend, Johnny Alonzo, That was episode 22, but this interview was the total opposite uh, than Marnie's in the sense that Johnny does interviews as part of his job as an actor, and so he can run circles around me as far as thinking on his feet and being able to handle anything I threw at him. Also, Johnny has so much positive energy. You know how they say don't hang out with people who give off negative energy? Well, this guy is the epitome of positivity. Not sure if it's just his nature or it's a skill. Maybe a little both. Anyway, uh, and about a month later, I did three interviews in a row, starting with Heather Keller. That was episode 26. Uh, And this may have been the most interesting interview I've done so far, as far as the subject matter, because I'm actually a little bit of a science geek or, or a wannabe science geek. I'm not sure if I'm really smart enough to be a true science geek. But the idea of tying together physics, particle physics, metaphysics, quantum theory, and philosophy and life, and and, uh, it's always intrigued me, even as a kid. And Heather Keller is another one who can just think on her feet so well. I feel I can throw any question at her, and she responds with such substantive answers. Not sure where she got that talent from, but it makes her a great guest to discuss things with. Uh Gina Rigg I interviewed next. That was episode twenty seven. And one of the main reasons I wanted to interview Gina was because we both were diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And we both were able to manage it very well, but in totally different ways. And this gets back to what I was saying uh before about how interesting it is, uh the different ways people look at problems and solutions, and she deserves a ton of credit because Inflammatory bowel disease is is just so difficult to control, and she did it. And she teaches people how to proactively care for their digestive health, which I can't think of too many uh, more important things to your well-being than your digestive health, right? It affects everything. And also, our discussion on sunlight made me more aware of the position of the sun every day. And I got to realizing that during the winter months, around noontime, which is really convenient, the sun shines directly into my bedroom window, which is facing south, and it's really warm, and I also found out that it relaxes me so much that it makes meditation easier. So now around noontime, for a few minutes, I'll walk into my bedroom, sit on my bed, uh, take off my shirt to get all that sun exposure, close my eyes, and meditate for a few minutes on the dead of winter. But anyway, um, I then interviewed Stephanie Lewis, episode 28, uh, who I call a stress centric health coach. And honestly, I feel like so many people could use her services because deep breathing exercises are just woefully inadequate for most folks. I'm not saying it's not good to do, but. Um, and when you take a step back and just think about unhealthy habits that you may have. Uh, the rush of your daily routine, your other responsibilities and obligations and goals that you're trying to accomplish on top of everything else, you begin to see that your chronic stress level is really the underlying factor that determines how sustainable that lifestyle is. Um, A really good episode that I, I don't bring up much, but I think it's very important, is the one where I use a Rubik's Cube analogy to talk about how all these different aspects of our lives are interrelated. That was actually episode 14. Um, And one thing Stephanie does is she conducts these workshops that are extremely informative and give you skills that you can solve this Rubik's Cube of life, if you will. And Stephanie helps you with all these different aspects, including your goals, And challenges you to make sure that you're doing everything you need to do, but only those things that you really need to do to accomplish your goals. This is very helpful and a great investment in yourself. Uh, That would be a great New Year's resolution for you. Just sign up for one of her workshops. And another interesting thing about Stephanie Lewis is, like many folks, myself included, she has a day job that pays the bills but for the most part is totally unrelated to her side hustle. And it was refreshing to talk with someone in the same shoes from that perspective, Um, which leads nicely into the last interview I did this year, uh, which was with Joanna Collado, who also has a day job and and works as a stress-centric health coach on the side. And the interesting thing with Stephanie and Joanna and myself is that we're not just working two jobs that don't have much to do with each other but that second job we're talking about stress management and not overdoing it when you think about someone dedicating their life to helping others with stress issues you're not thinking that they're working two jobs so it's interesting for sure and it proves that you can do that successfully because there's a lot of entrepreneurs uh, who are doing just that and you don't have to kill yourself in the process Uh, Joanna gets into some of the particulars of how we've been conditioned to think the way we do. And she really gets to the root of why we do certain things, our behaviors, and and works more on the cognitive aspects of stress. Um, But when you listen to her Mindful Introvert podcast and what she says, at least with me, she nails it. She gets right to the reasons why we think the way we do, why we do or don't do certain things, And recognizing that is half the battle, right? So her podcast is very helpful in my opinion. Even if you think you don't need any help, I challenge you to listen to one of her episodes. Uh, Not the meditation ones, but one where she discusses something specific. Just pick one, even if you think it doesn't apply to you. Maybe especially one that you don't think applies to you. And see what you think. But anyway... Uh, I'm eager to do many more interviews in the coming year, uh, and I also want to improve the podcast, and I definitely value your feedback. I'm all ears. Feel free to email me directly anytime at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash perfect stress and drop a comment there. I'd be much obliged. I also want to grow the podcast in the next year by being a guest on bigger podcasts and also by launching the My Stress Alarm app on the App Store. Right now, I'm working on major improvements to the user experience, and I'll be cross-promoting the podcast from the app. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But I believe these changes will go live certainly within the next couple months. So I'm very excited about that, and of course, you'll be the first to know. Uh, when it's on the App Store, and I'd love to get your feedback on the improvements and how we can make even more improvements. But getting back to more personal New Year's resolutions, uh, I'm starting to recognize that I really need a two-day recovery period after finishing big chunks of work. As you probably know, when you're in fifth gear, it's kind of hard to downshift. You know, you want to ride that momentum. But it's not good for you. Your body and mind need rest. And so I vowed to myself to fight the urge to quickly switch to something else that I have to get done, perhaps something I may have been putting off longer than usual in order to get that bigger chunk of work done, what they call chunking from a productivity standpoint. But now that other thing I've been putting off for so long is now causing me anxiety. But instead of just jumping right into that, I want to purposely turn things off for two whole days. Um, another thing that I already started doing, but want to really focus on in the next year, is challenging myself on how I'm going to react to making mistakes, which inevitably I will, no matter how careful I am. Sometimes I'm a little hard on myself, and when I make mistakes, I call myself dumb. Uh, but then I think I shouldn't call myself dumb. That's not nice. That's not helpful. So now I call myself dumb for calling myself dumb. But anyway, um. I'm also challenging myself on how I'm going to react to others when they make mistakes, like jumping to conclusions or disrespecting me in some way or whatever. Am I going to jump down their throat? Does the fact that they're in the wrong give me a license to be disrespectful back to them? Of course, the answer is no, uh, because you have to tolerate, at least to a certain extent, other people's mistakes and imperfections because you want them to tolerate yours. So in most cases, I just want to let it go. But it's a balancing act uh, with your self-respect. Sometimes you have to push back and defend yourself in a firm but respectful way. But in most cases, I just want to let it go. And this reminds me of the old Andy Griffith show. Uh, One thing I really liked about that show was uh, an underlying theme that that it isn't as important whether you were right or not. It was more important how you make people feel. There were many episodes when Andy would do crazy things, go out of his way uh, so as to not hurt Barney's feelings, because Barney was such a proud man, and Andy wanted to allow him to save face. And that just stuck with me. So moving on, uh, I'm also starting to live by the doctrine, if not now when? Meaning, if there isn't a better time I can think of in the future to get some chore done, then I'll do it now, even if I don't feel like doing it, instead of waiting until an equally good time in the future. And I want to do that more in the next year. I think that's just good time management. Now, having just said that, I'm also living by the doctrine, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow, which emphasizes priorities. You know, most of us don't have the problem with having too much free time and trying to fill it. It's the other way around, right? So I look for things that don't need to be done today and I'll push it off if it means I'll get to bed earlier. Now, if I'm doing really well on time, then I'll go back to if not now, when? Even if I don't really feel like doing whatever. Does that make sense or am I totally crazy? Um, Another thing that I want to work on in the next year is when there's a fork in the road and there are many. If you know for sure that one road cannot do any harm, then take that one and hope for the best. And I hate when people say, hope's not a strategy, hope's not a strategy. Well, not by itself it's not, but it's an important part of a strategy. After all, that's what taking calculated risks is all about, right? Even if you make data-driven decisions based on your experience, that's not a guarantee of future results, right? You're still taking a risk. It could still end up bad, but you hope it won't. It's like insurance. Plan for the worst, but hope for the best. And last but not least, uh, to increase my productivity in the next year, whether I'm working on goals or just chores or whatever, I want to focus more on patience and precision than brute force effort, meaning speed and pushing myself. I feel like I'm actually more productive with patience and precision. And so with that, I want to remind you again that this is the last episode of the year. I'll be taking off next week and starting back fresh on Monday, January 4th. I want to thank you once again very much for listening. I wish you good health and success in the new year. This new year is going to be better than ever. After all, how can it not, given the current circumstances, right? So stay healthy, stay focused, and I'll see you on the other side. Take care. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try mystressalarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.